Hello, everyone. I am Lindsay. That is Maria. And we are roomies reviewing the movie. And today we will be reviewing Tales from the Hood. Um, it's a 1995 cult classic that stars um, Clarence William III, uh, Joe Torrey, DeAndre Bonds, um, David Allen Greer, Paula Jai. Um, who else? Um, we got Corbin Burnson, Rosalind Cash. Right, like it's it's a list of people, a list of people um, yeah. that were. Even if you don't know their names, you know their faces. Right, right, exactly. And they were ruling the 90s with the 90s movies, TV shows, so forth and so on. So, um, yeah, so this is a movie that Maria hasn't seen. So um, it will be pretty interesting to get her thoughts on it as an uh, initial viewer of the film. But um, the film starts off with uh, three thugs, drug dealers, gang bangers, whatever you want to label, label them. Um, they are trying to acquire some drugs that a mortician- That's, That stuff. Yeah, the shit. Right? Right. <laughs> so um, a mortician has stumbled upon so they have to go to the um, funeral home to acquire the shit. <laughs> and um, so when they get to the funeral home, um, they meet, well, first off, they're apprehensive about going into a funeral home, especially at night. Um, yeah, because it seems like they're going to rob the funeral home at first. And I was like, y'all going to rob a funeral home at night? With and you can hear all this organ music happening, like. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, like it was. It was a pretty weird. Uh, excuse me. It was a pretty weird scenario that they were about to walk into, but they were gonna do it. You know. So, you know, this is this is the background for a horror flick. You know, especially the nineties. So, we have them. Um, going to acquire the shit at the um, funeral home. And the mortician who has been played by um, Clarence Williams III, he um, is a very scary character. Um, yeah, your, stereo your stereotypical mortician. It's kind of weird. Um, your idea of a mortician, like in a, in a horror movie, right? Right, right. So um, he answers the door. They're already spooked knocking on the door. But once he answers the door, they really jump to the point where um, Guy Tory's character, not Guy, I'm sorry, Joe Tory's character, he hits his head. Well, he is Guy Tory's brother. So it's okay. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but um, he hits his head and um, that completely knocks him out. So the next scene, they're in the funeral home and uh, the mortician is giving 
Joe Torrey's character some um, ice to put on his head or whatever. And so he's like, you know, making small talk, if you will. And they're just like, you know what? Forget all that. Just give us the shit. So he's like, oh yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you that or whatever. But while I'm, while I'm giving you that, I'm going to tell you about this person right here. And he opens up the casket to this dead body. And like, uh, he's, he's very intense, right? Very like mysterious mm -hmm. with everything. Yes. I'll look at that for you. You know, like, kind of <laughs> old school to over the top horror thing, but he does it really, really well. Um, he does it extremely like, well. He's like, yeah, I'll get that for you. But first, let me tell you a story. I was like, is this a movie about a senior citizen who's just super lonely? Like, <laughs> it's like, all he does is like walk them through the funeral home and tell them like all these different stories. I was like, he's just lonely, isn't he? All right, that's what you took it as? At first, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I mean, all he's saying is like, wait, I have to tell you the story before I get you the stuff. And I'm like, yeah. okay, fine. I'm just like, are you just lonely, sir? Is that what's happening? <laughs> I mean, I guess I can, I can kind of see why you would take it as that, you know, because yeah. he is kind of like keeping them there. That's something kind of like what an old person does because they don't really have too many visitors or anything like that. So the, the visitors, right. they do get they should be there. So I, I can see where you would get that from. Um, but yeah, so they go into the first story. So the, the movie is set up like an anthology. So they're yeah. telling these stories about these people. And so the first one deals with um, police brutality and corrupt police. And so they have a politician, a local politician that is running on a platform to get rid of the bad police. Yeah, so, his name is uh, Martin Morehouse, which I was like, yes. yeah, of course. Okay, so Martin Luther King and Morehouse, right? We got it. <laughs> and one of the cops' name is Strom, like Strom Thurmond. Yeah, yeah. Okay, exactly. yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Those coincidences um, are, are not coincidences. <laughs> <laughs> So he, uh, so yeah, so he's running on this platform or whatever. And so um, they have, um, of course, the cops have animosity towards them, you know, because, you know, they're a gang and whatnot. And so um, they ended up pulling over um, Mr. Morehouse. And so there was already a cop car there with two police officers that had pulled him over. And so this rookie cop, his name was Clarence. Mm -hmm. He's the only black cop on the scene. Mm -hmm. Him and his partner pulls up to the um, situation already in place. And so um, they really didn't have no reason to pull him over outside of him being a politician that's going after bad cops. And so they knock out his taillight to give them a reason. Then next right. thing you know, they start beating him up. With them beating them up, um, you know, Clarence tries to intervene, but he stopped. Yeah. There's three of him. And they're, then, they're more veteran cops. He's new. Mm -hmm. and Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, 
So, of course, he's uh, listening to them. They're, his partner tells them, you know, we're going to get on medical attention because they beat him to the point where he needs to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Clarence is telling him he needs to go to the hospital. His partner is like, okay, they're going to get him to the hospital, you know, blah, blah, blah. Of course, they're not going to get him to the hospital. But he listens to his uh, his partner. And so they ended up um, leaving. Him and his partner ended up leaving the scene. So the other two cops that were initially there, they drive him to um, the river and they shoot him up full of heroin. They put heroin in his trunk and they put him in the driver's seat of his car and they roll his car into the river. So um, they basically kill him. Um, He's eventually found, you know, and then. Um, his blame for all the drug dealing that's going on. Exactly. So his whole um, reputation is tarnished. Um, so yeah. So Clarence, of course, um, is distraught. This is pretty much mess with him. Um, the whole time to the point where he ends up leaving the force. He leaves the uh, force and he becomes an alcoholic. Um, he's tormented by this situation that took place, um, which rightfully so. So it comes to the year anniversary of this murder and he's drunk out of his mind. Mm-hmm. Morehouse comes to him and tells him to bring them to him. So he keeps hearing these voices. Well, this is one voice of, of uh, Martin saying, bring them to me, bring them to me. Yeah. And, and he's, he's like you said, he's like super distraught. He's drinking forties. He's, you know, quit his job. He's living kind of destitute and over, you know, racked with guilt over his inaction to stop what happened to uh, Martin. And he just keeps hearing Martin's voice. I tell him to bring the, bring those cops to him. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he ends up he ends up doing it. Um, he gets a hold of hold of the cops. He has the cops meet him at the cemetery. Excuse me, and, and at grave. the cemetery um, yeah. at his grave, right? And so um, they come out there. They have a conversation with him, and you know they they're really like not in the building for anything that Clarence has to say. Yeah. Like, why so, did you bring us here? Um, what are we doing? Da, da, da. Yeah. And then right. one, of, one of them was oh, also yeah. like, oh, it's been a long time since I've seen you, man. You know, are you okay? Mm-hmm. And Clarence was like, you have my phone number. Why didn't you call me? Right. Right. Like, let's not play this game, you know? Right. <laughs> so with them, with them um, being there and whatnot, that he's like, well, let's go pay our respects. So they, He's like, that's all I really want from y'all. Let's just go pay our right. respects. So they're that's just the like, all right, that's the least, you know. So they follow him to the grave. He walks up to the um to the to the what is it, the headstone? Yeah, the headstone. Yeah, he walks up to the headstone and he's just like, you know, um, I brought them, I brought them to you. I brought them to you. You know, so with him saying that or whatnot, they're looking at him like are you really going crazy? So um, the the main one, Strom, <laughs> he 
he is, you know, just the epitome of a bad cop. And he's just like, I'm going to piss on his grave. Yeah, like he's the ringleader. Another one is kind of like a follower, passive type. Mm-hmm. And the other guy is just, I don't just a an asshole, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he, he's your, he's a he's not a um, extreme asshole, but he's an asshole nonetheless. Yeah, <laughs> Strong would be the extreme. Um, so yeah, so Strong pisses on the grave. So then the one, the follower one, um, he makes a sarcastic joke, and so because. Uh, he made that joke or whatever. Strom was like, okay, well, it's your turn to piss on the grave. So he goes, reluctantly, he goes to piss on the grave. And with him pissing on the grave, um, Moreland reaches up from the ground and grabs him by the balls. Yeah, yep. grabs him, him down. Uh, sticking berries and legs just pulling him down. <laughs> You know, grabs him down to the ground. Then he ultimately pulls him underground. Then he blows up the ground. And he ends up on top of the tombstone holding the cop's heart while the cop while the cop is laying in the casket. Yeah. He explodes from the grave yeah. with, the, with the casket. And he's like on top of the gravestone, standing on top of the gravestone. The casket's beneath him. It's open, and you see the cop there uh, in the casket, dead, and he's holding his beating heart in his hands while he stands on the gravestone. And uh, you know, there's this great shot up, you know, of the character, and like the makeup they use and everything, like the contacts and everything, looks so good. Like I really like the character design. Yeah, um, it actually helped because that's um, this movie's almost thirty years old. Yeah, they use a lot of um, practical effects, right? Because uh-huh. it's 1994 when this is getting made, so like CGI is not really in the budget. It's also not really great <laughs> anyway. Mm-hmm. So you get a lot right. of like practical effects. Yeah, yeah, you do, and um, and yeah. So with him outside of the of the um, casket now, above ground, standing on the tombstone or whatnot. Now they didn't. He didn't freaked out the other cops. So now the other cops are trying to run away from him. They get back in the car. They're trying to turn on the car, but they're choking it, so it's not coming on. Um, it eventually comes on, but not before Moreland comes up to the car. Morehouse, yeah. Morehouse, excuse me, yeah. Not before Morehouse comes up to the car and scares the shit out of him again. Um, so they hurry up and drive off. But he's right behind them. Um, next thing you know, yeah. he's and he's doing car. that kind of like I don't know if you ever seen Monty Python uh, uh-huh. and the Holy Grail. Uh, but there's a skit where they're attacking this castle, and this knight is like running towards the castle. But every time they look at him, he seems to be coming from further and further away. And they're so confused until he's up on them in a second. And like this is the same thing that's kind of happening here. Oh yeah. See, like, I just looked at it as like that's what they normally do with like Michael Myers or Jason. Right. Or there's like there's that too. Only yeah. when they look at him, he seems far away. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he's up on them. Like Right. 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 Because I know I noticed that as well. But I mean, that's how I and then like, you know, with Michael Myers or Jason, like they never run. No, they're they never run. Walking, but they always catch him. 
Yeah. You know, so and everybody's running for their lives. So that's what I automatically thought of when I saw that. But um yeah, yeah so they uh so yeah, so Morehouse is up on the car now and he didn't um tell he didn't got on the back of it and now he's telling it and then he um gets swung off the car the next thing you know he's on the hood and now he done um punched through the roof and he pulled up the passenger cop Mm -hmm. ripped his head off puts him back in the car and that was strong yeah he's strong he got strong yeah. yeah so then the other one who was the rookie's partner He's um he's the driver, but he he ends up getting out the car, and he's going crazy. Now he's like in crackhead heroin alley. Well, so he shot. He shoots at the gas tank, and while uh, Morehouse is on top of the car, and so the car explodes, and he thinks he's killed him finally. Right, right, right. And so now he's like in crackhead alley, telling all these uh dope fiends, "I killed him! I killed him! I killed him!" Only to know that you know you can't just simply kill somebody that's already dead. Yeah, because there's also um, a huge mural in the community dedicated yes. to Morehouse, and uh, so he sees that, and it also freaks him out. But he starts talking about, "I killed him! I killed him!" Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so with that going on, and with Morehouse right there because he didn't kill him. Um, or he didn't kill him all no. again, rather. And like Morehouse is standing behind him, watching him talking about, I killed him, I killed him, whatever. And so when he turns around and sees Morehouse, he is just like gleeful. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. He's so excited to surprise this cop. <laughs> right, right, right. And so I've never seen a happy zombie before. <laughs> right, right. And so the um, the cop is like, flipping out and so he ends up getting pinned up on the mural because there was a cross on the mural so they ended up he ended up getting pinned up on this cross that was painted on the mural and so then Morehouse's zombie makes all the heroin needles that are in this alley with all these dope fiends he makes all those needles get up turn towards the cop and dart towards him and they shoot him up and then he melts into the mural yeah that was real yeah that reminded me of like um the end of um what was it shoot indiana jones movie when they open the um they open the 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 ark and like all the nazis melted or like um uh what was the one with the rabbit roger rabbit Mm-hmm. And they dunked that guy in the in the vat, and he melted over. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Tales from the Hood does take a lot of pointers from a lot of other movies. Um, you can definitely tell um, he was a student of the films. Um, so that was that story. Um, yeah, he the, becomes uh, a. He becomes a painting on the wall and then uh morehouse says welcome to my world yeah right so then the cop uh or not the cop the rookie that went crazy or whatever he talks to the zombie and he's like you know i did what you asked or whatever and 
he ended up choking him. But then next thing you know, he's in a, a sane asylum. And, and their was like, where were you when I needed you? You know, Right. Right. Exactly. I was like, dang, he quit his job and now he's an alcoholic and he helped you get your revenge. Ain't that enough? <laughs> well, he wasn't supposed to die. He know? wasn't. That's so true. Did. That's true. But it's like <laughs> his suffering can't bring you back either. You know. Yeah. But he could have prevented. He could he could have done possibly because again yeah. there were three of them. I totally believe they would have killed him and then blamed the other, you know, each of them for it. You know what I mean? Like Framed him to make it look like yeah. he killed. You know what I'm saying? So, right, right. But the fact that he didn't feel like he did anything, I can understand. I can yeah, understand. Yeah, but uh, to me, I guess I'm seeing it like in you know you have your personal beef, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is with the system at large. So like punishing this one black cop who did try to make things right by helping you with your vengeance is not gonna really change anything you know that sound is not going to be my friend while we're talking about this scary movie (laughs) all right (laughs) so yeah so (laughs) so um because like in the end he gets blamed for the murders of all the cops blamed for the murders anyway so yeah and they put him in a sane asylum and so they don't really necessarily explain how he actually, in fact, died. We just assume that he drove himself crazy. Which you know? apparently you can die from. <laughs> I guess so. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, so that was the first one. So then the second one um, has to do with um, a little boy that looked like he was like in fourth or fifth grade. Oh, definitely. And the little grade. boy, uh huh. Definitely fourth grade. Yeah. And the little boy happens to be the main character from Soul Food. Mm hmm. So, um, I was like, oh, yeah, that's the baby from Soul Food. Yeah. Yeah. And this was before Soul Food. Um, but, um, yeah. So he has, uh, he has started a new school mm-hmm. and he has a new teacher. Um, with the new Somebody teacher, really loves Sinbad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and actually, the the um, the teacher is the director of this movie. Yeah, and he's also directed other movies. Um, Sprung, he directed Fear the Black Hat, um, and a couple other things too. I can't remember, but excuse me, those two. I remember offhand. Um, what's his name? Rusty Caulfield. Mm-hmm. That that's what it was. Yeah. So, excuse me. Um, so yeah. So he's his new teacher. He's Mr. Johnson. Um, little boy's name, I believe, is Walter. Yes. Walter. Yeah. And so, Walter um, is being teased at school or whatnot, and he ended up getting into a fight. So with him getting into a fight, he got Did sent he get to into the a fire. Was he just getting beat for no reason for being the new kid? I, it probably was him just being beat, but um, but yeah. So he ends up going to the nurse, and so the nurse realized that he had a black eye, mm-hmm. and the black eye didn't come from the fight. The black eye okay. had been there. So 
They tried to talk to him to see, you know, how to get the black eye, whatever. He's and uh, Walter's telling him, I got this monster. You know, um, he reluctantly tells them about the monster. They, of course, blow it off like, okay, well, if you're gonna lie about it, then we don't have to talk about it. So, he, um, yeah, they're like, well, when you're ready, they don't feel too glad you're there. When yeah. you're ready to tell us what, you know, is really happening, we're ready to listen. Um, and like before this, we actually see like a night in Walter's room where the monster is like banging on the door and everything to get in the room. Yeah. So, um, and then they, they show that a couple times mm-hmm. with the monster, you know, coming in his room. Home, the monster is banging from the closet one time and whatnot because he shows up to school um, one day with bruises on his arm. He shows up one day with the black eye, you know, and it just seems like it's getting worse and worse. And so there's one particular day where he drew this monster and he said that one of the kids told him that if he were to draw what is scaring him, and then, or messing with him, and then um, do something bad to the drawing, then it will take care of the issue. They so, crumple up the drawing and like tear it up and throw it away, whatever, you know. Right. And like rid of it. Right. And so. And then um, the teacher tells him, well, I don't think that's going to work. And I was like, well, what do you know? Let him do what he. <laughs> right. right. Just let, let him cope with it how he see fit. <laughs> and so. He um he ends up drawing a picture of the bully. And with him drawing the picture of the bully, the bully ends up breaking both legs and both arms. Just randomly breaks both legs and both arms. Yeah. Cause he and draws so, the picture and then like he crumples it up. He's like, whatever, it's not gonna work. He so he just throws it away like it's trash. And it ends up just like absolutely debilitating the guy, the kid. Well, he said that right, and right. The, so the, the teacher or the janitor who found him was like, I guess he just had weak bones. I was like, what? Right. Right. Like, it. I mean, weak bones. Okay. Yeah, I <laughs> like, mean, there is a condition where you can have brittle bones, but it's not something that would, like, happen overnight. You know? <laughs> right. He just beat right. his behind the day before. Like, he doesn't suddenly have weak right. bones. Right, and I mean, something will have like an event will have to happen for somebody with weak bones to break them, like right. like maybe they fail or something like that. But well, for him to just be there, one right? But I guess he nothing provoked him falling. Right, right, right. But nothing provoked it. That's why I was like, you just got weak bones. All right, right. So, but, I mean, but they nobody had a reason behind this happening, you know? Right. So. Um, so yeah, so that pretty much proved to Walter that what the person, what his classmate told him was true, that if he draws it and then he does something to the photo, it will take care of his issue. So, um, I'm like, who's that classmate? How does she, how does she know this? You know, right. what so, has she been doing? right, exactly. Like who is around her that's been showing up with broken bones, but, um, Mr. Johnson ends up making a house call. And so, um, which is not something that people do in 2022 anymore, but people do. It's also not something he should be doing because he is not a social worker. But teachers used to do it back in the day. 
Yeah, for hopefully other things, but not for this kind of conversation. This is something you you need to report to. Right, right. They do have they do have things in place now. Yeah, where you where teachers don't get involved as much as he did. So you're right as far as 2022, but as far as 95, this wasn't abnormal. You know what I'm saying? So I guess. Yeah. Never <laughs> yeah, so here. I'm well. It's not necessarily a good thing for it to happen. <laughs> so I'm happy it never happened to you. But um, yeah, so he ends up making a house call. And with the house call, um, he talks to his mom. His mom apologize, Parker. Right. And she's and, like super you know, sexy and like coming on to him for some reason. <laughs> but you know, you know. To be for real with Paula J. Parker, she could be reading the Bible and she's gonna give off sex. Oh, I know, but like I was like, why are you this this is literally like a strange man at your door and you're just flirting with him for like Yeah. Like, I'm just taking I, I mean again, it's Paula it's Paula J. Parker. Like she gives off sex. It it really don't matter what she does, she can be reading the dictionary. You know, and it's going to sound sexy. It's going to sound like she's flirting with you. <laughs> so, which is probably the reason why she got casted, you know. But it but, doesn't um, go anywhere. It doesn't lead to anything. No, I don't understand no. the point of including it. It don't. Um, I think it was just like a, a element that was just yeah. fun to have, you know. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't really serve no purpose because she didn't really... She, I mean, she was she was just a little bit too nice for comfort, but she didn't really to flirt with a stranger. Yeah, yeah. No, she, she, she was pressing really her like, body up against him and all this stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, but it just they were, it they wasn't were definitely both like flirting, but it wasn't overt. You know, it was overt. Oh. <laughs> it was over. I don't think it was over. It was over. But she opens the door. First of all, she opens the door in a bathrobe. And then the camera does that whole male gaze pan up the legs and da, 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 you know, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which is setting her up for this, right? Right, um, right. And then, you know, they're talking and they're talking extremely close. And like, there's the point where she like gets him something to drink or whatever. And she's like pressing her body against him, against the, 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 uh, kitchen sink or something and I was like okay girl we get it like <laughs> yeah. yeah and he has to uh, he's, yeah, he's also kind of into it too and has to like kind of shake him shake himself out of it but I was just like okay but it just it doesn't go anywhere that's the only you know all right mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure why this is here but okay yeah right right it I mean it was it was I wonder if there different. was something else that was supposed mm-hmm. to happen that we just that guess got cut or something Cause it's unusual for you um, to put like such a thing in there and then not follow up on it. Yeah, but so I'm I wondering feel like, if like a scene would, it could it could have it could have been a scene that was cut, but then I just feel like maybe they just threw that in there because it the the movie had zero sex. You know, it still so, has zero sex. <laughs> it still has zero sex, but there was. There was no type of interaction like that at all. And you know, like, especially like with 80s slasher films, like you had to have some element of sex in a in a horror film. I guess. So 
respect, but it was so it's so much going on with this film that maybe they just threw that in there just to say, hey, we did that. You know, I don't know because I haven't seen anything that really dove into why, but just my assumption. Right. Right. I could totally be wrong. But um, but yeah, but I mean it was it was kind of weird to have that in there, mm-hmm. but you know. But you give it a pass because again, it's Paula J. Parker. Like she's she exudes sex, so yeah. But um, anyway, uh, yeah. So he, you know, after the whole little back and forth, you know, is going on or whatnot, he finally is able to get out the reason why he is there, and that is because of all the um, bruising mm-hmm. and conversations that he's had with Walter. Um, and then he pulls out the picture and whatnot. And so um, Paula J. Parker's character is mad. Um, she calls Walter down, tells Walter to stop lying about these monsters. And she was like very that. mad at him, too. Yeah, she was extremely mad. She was extremely mad. So um, while she's going off of him or whatever, her husband pulls up. So now they have to act a certain way. Or her new man, right? Because his dad had just, his dad had died. Yeah, his dad, I think he said his dad died when he was like three. Yeah. But um, this is, this is her new husband or whatnot. And so the husband comes in, which is played by David Allen Greer. Um, This was the first time I had ever seen him, which I'm pretty sure I'm not alone, but had ever seen him in something that wasn't comedy. Yeah. So same for him to be playing this, yeah, for him to be playing this character, he actually did an excellent job. It was definitely believable. Um, but he is the aggressive husband that comes in. Um, he's very rude, very um dismissive. Um, he comes in the door pissed off because she wasn't at the door to greet him, you know, and that ended up being an issue. So then um, he ends up having this conversation with Mr. Johnson and whatnot. He said he was going to handle it. Uh, so Mr. Johnson leaves. So as Mr. Johnson leaves, he starts um, beating Paula J. Parker up. And he's like obviously evil because he's like, I'm going to handle it all right. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so he beats her up. Um, she's screaming so loud that you can hear her from outside. From so Mr. Street. Johnson from the street, and you can see her through um, the shades. Um, you can see both of them through the shades that he is whooping her ass. And so, with this going on or whatnot, Mr. Johnson hears and sees it. So of course he can't leave now. He got to go back in. So he goes back in. With him going back in, he ends up fighting David Allen Greer, and he loses. He loses. I mean, he, teacher has no hands. Absolutely none. None. None at all. Not one whatsoever. He didn't get one punch in. He didn't even pinch. Like He, I, he got a couple of punches in, but they didn't do nothing. They didn't do nothing. Like, it was nothing. So, um, And then also, we see that Carl has a tattoo that says monster on his arm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So 
um, Walter is seeing this or whatever. He gets a hold of the picture and he starts folding it. With him folding it, that's breaking David Allen Greer's arms. It's breaking his leg. Then his arms he, backwards. Like yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. Start and then he twists the paper so that twists his body around. Then they stomp on it, and so then that that stomps uh that stomps David Allen Greer into a puddle, but he's still talking. So yeah, there's I, I posted this picture from there where he's just like a puddle of person. Yeah. <laughs> This still isn't over. <laughs> okay. Okay. It ain't over. Yeah. Yeah. And so what they end up doing was they take they take that ball of paper and they put it on the stove and they burn him to a crisp. Yeah. And so after they burn him to a crisp, the next scene is showing this burnt body in a full body casket. And I saw that in you had a tweet. I was just like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, you so, put this in the coffin. <laughs> you were like, oh, gotta yeah, they gotta put it the properly. What? Right, right. You know, and he, I mean, in real life, he would definitely would have been cremated. He would have uh, been found in real life. True. They would just hear he was missing. They just never would know what happened. Right. He would have been legally dead because yeah, we would have put him in in the um. In the um, what is that? The fireplace. He would have just had to burn there. Yeah. So, but um, but yeah. So that was that story or whatever. And yeah, that then we moved called, on. Uh, Boys do get bruised. Yeah. What was the first story called? Oh, the first story is as a road cop revelation. Okay. Yeah. So then we move on to the third story. Um, with the third KKK story. KKK come up and. <laughs> yeah. So uh, with the third story or whatever, we have a politi- a white politician in the South who is um, running extremely on a. Racist. Yeah, he's extremely racist. He's running on a platform to make America great again, basically. <laughs> <laughs> And he bought this plantation that is uh, is haunted, right? And it's known to be haunted by right, yeah. right. It's known to be haunted. Um, basically, what the history of the plantation is is that um, it, it was owned by a white slave master. He had some slaves, and then when um, the slaves were freed, he went crazy and killed all his slaves. And so, um, yeah, the um, the old lady, I forgot what she had to do with the plantation, but... Well, she was the one who made the dolls. So yeah, she made the even dolls. before the story starts there, uh, the three thugs are with the uh, mort- mortician, uh, you know, going through the funeral home and like one of the dolls falls or something. And he's like, you got a doll in here? He was like, yeah, you know, sometimes if... Your body, your spirit can't move on. They'll put your spirit in the doll until you're ready. You know, maybe your body's too injured or something like that. And uh, the 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 guys are like, for real? And uh, the mortician goes, yes. <laughs> I'm just 
<laughs> it just cracked me out so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so with these dolls or whatever, uh, the the old lady, I for, like I said, I forgot what she had, what her connection was with the plantation, but well, she, she made she was dolls. She was... She was on, uh, or she was either on the plantation or knew some people who were on the plantation. She's supposed to be a hoodoo witch, you know, who transferred yeah. these souls into the dolls. Right, right. Like, I knew she I knew she had made the dolls. I just mm-hmm. forgot how did she get to the plantation to make the dolls. Oh, like, they don't really explain that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I was like, I can't remember, like, yeah. how, was, was she a survivor? Like, what? But anyway. So, um, so yeah, she made all these dolls, and these dolls um, carried the souls of the slaves that were yeah. slain by the slave master. Yeah. And so, and the politician, um, his name is Metger. He yes, uh, calls them Metger. Negro dolls, and I was just like, we can see that. Like, <laughs> did you just want to say Negro? Is that what? That is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, so he has a um, campaign manager who is black, mm-hmm. and with the campaign manager, he is, uh, you know, pretty much telling him, you know, how to win over um, the people to not. Yeah, not he's like, he's people. like, I've got to get. He's like, I'm gonna get some black votes. And uh, they were like, mm, that's going to be kind of hard because, you know, you have this racist reputation. Right. So um, the guy who's playing, uh, was, was playing the consultant, the political consultant, uh, mm-hmm. Rody Rillis, is played by uh, this guy, Roger. Roger Gouverneur Smith. But I've seen him play something similar like this before. Um, yeah, he's been in he's been in quite a few movies, and he's yeah. been in quite a few um, lots of Spike Lee things. School yeah, days do the right thing, yeah. right? And Spike Lee is a producer on this film. Yes, yes, um, it's Forty Eight Years in a Mule, which is Spike Lee's production company. Right. Um, but yeah, so he's trying to help this guy kind of rehabilitate his racist image. Uh, but the guy is unrepentant. He's not really that interested in you know being actually rehabilitated. He just wants to know the right words to say. Right. To try and get the black vote, right, right, which is, yeah, is pretty much non-existent for him because he's just he's doing everything but saying I hate black people. Right. <laughs> well, he's pretty much thinks that's all it's going to take, so he's like, "Tell me how I don't say that," <laughs> basically. Right, right. So, um, so yeah, so. They were practicing or whatever, and with them practicing, um, the campaign consultant falls down a flight of stairs, mm-hmm. cracks his head, dies. So with him dying or whatever, they go to the funeral and whatnot, and of course, a whole bunch of reporters and stuff are there at the at the funeral. Um, he talks to a couple, but then he leaves. Then when he gets into his limo and leaves, he sees that there's a doll that's in the limo. Mm-hmm. So he's all upset. Like, who did you have? Who did you let this limo? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, he's he's getting a little spooked and whatnot. And so the driver's like, I didn't have nobody in here or whatnot. So he eventually gets home. Um, while he's at home, he's watching the videotape of right before his consultant 
you know, fell down the stairs. Yeah, because they so, were doing this kind of interview, practice interview. Yeah. And they were they're, like one was holding the camera, the other guy is walking backwards and they switch off. And that's how he ends up falling downstairs because he's walking backwards mm-hmm. from the camera. Yeah. Right. And while he's watching it, he sees that the doll that was in the limo was on the floor when his consultant fell down the stairs. So he backs it right. up. Leg up in a trip pose. Like, right, right. He clearly tripped him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when he's when he backed it up and slowed it down, he saw that he, he got tripped. Not only did he back it up and slow it down, he zoomed in on the doll. Which I was yeah, like, in on it too. Yeah. So, yeah. Also, yeah. these dolls look exactly like Will Smith. Yeah, I saw you said that too. <laughs> they look exact. Now you can't convince me. They look. And it's exactly so crazy like because it's so crazy because they look like Will Smith now, not Will Smith yeah. in '95. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the funny part about that. But um. Yeah, so now he's going, he's he's kind of losing his mind or whatnot because he's looking at, there's a portrait of this lady with all these dolls. And now the one that was in her hand is the one that he's been seeing in real life. And now it's missing off of the picture. So, and I'm sorry, but this mural is not, it is ugly. Well, like, yeah. It, I wouldn't have put it in my house. But it's not a good artist depiction. I don't know. <laughs> like, I mean, I I don't know what they were going for. May, I don't know. Maybe no, they, I don't know either. <laughs> yeah, maybe they ran out of money and they just got like an up and coming artist. I, I don't maybe. know. Yeah, or maybe it was on purpose. Maybe they wanted it to be look like, like that. I don't know. Unsettling. Yeah, That's possible. Yeah, that sounds more accurate. Yeah. So. um so yeah, so now this doll is like terrorizing him. It's hanging from the chandelier, then it jumped off the chandelier onto him and starts biting at his neck and stuff. It's so he, funny. <laughs> he, he takes the doll, he hangs the doll up and starts shooting at it. Well, first he throws it out of the ground, then he's like beating it with um is he beating oh, it with yeah. the American flag? Or? With the flag, yep. He was yeah. beating it with the flag. Then he takes the doll, hangs it up, starts shooting at it. He shot half the face off. Um, so now he Which that's all you could do? Right. But he thinks that he thinks that's what what is needed. So he goes back in, you know, talking his cash money and whatnot. Yeah. With him. You, you may be in. magical or whatever, but I got a double bear shotgun, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so while he's looking, I mean, while he's like walking around, you know, talking his cash money, he looks at the mural. He sees that there's more dolls now missing from the mural. Mm-hmm. So he's like, uh-oh. Because <laughs> yeah, he, he had also taken the American flag and was like beating the painting with it. Yes, he beat the painting with it. And then some blood came out of the lady's mouth on the painting, mm-hmm. which was weird, too. Yeah. Um so then it got to the point where there was no, no dolls on the mural anymore, and they were all surrounding him. Mm-hmm. So now he's scared shitless. The main one that he just shot the face off is the one leading the charge. So he tells all the other dolls, come on, 
and they all rush him. And, and he's like trying to cover himself in the American flag again. It doesn't, like, work. Yeah. it doesn't work. They bite symbolism. Him yeah, and they bite him to death. Um, the lady that made the doll, she comes out of the mural now, and now she's sitting in the living room watching all the dolls. Just watching. Just rocking in her chair, watching. Enjoying the show. You know, because it's entertaining. You know, I get it. And <laughs> in real life, that was the director's mother. Right. I was about to say, in real life, that's the director's mother. I did not know that until I watched those videos. They gave um, insight. So I was just like, huh, that's pretty cool. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that was the third story. So now we're back to the funeral home. The game bangers are pissed because they're like, you are pussyfooting around. We just want the shit. Just give us the shit. And so we've been listening to your me, stories they, for long enough. Like, you know. Right. Just give us the shit. Like, yeah. Right and that's that. This this is the point where I was like, oh, he's just bored. He's old. He's like, he's <laughs> your doctor. Right. <laughs> right. So um, this movie actually has four stories mm -hmm. um because now the fourth story has um lamont bentley as the main character and with him um he shoots um what's his name well his name is in in this story his name is the story is called hardcore convert right yeah and his name is uh crazy k Right, right. That's Lamont Bentley's character. But he shot um he shot and killed somebody. Uh that's uh oh, I think it's it was something Lil Deke. Supposed to be Lil Deke, supposed to be yeah. Ricky Harris. Yeah, but he's a uh Ricky Harris. Yes. Yeah. Ricky Harris. So he shoot like we I didn't even realize that was Ricky Harris. All these years I never realized that. But um, yeah. Well, so we don't get a whole lot of time with him. <laughs> no, we fight two seconds with him. So yeah. yeah. Um, and then he had on like I think he had on a bandana on his forehead. So yeah, we don't get that much yeah. time with him at all. But yeah. so he shooting kills Ricky Harris, which R.I.P. to him because he's he's gone in real life. Um, yeah. And Lamont Bentley, they're both gone. Um, yeah. So then, like these three dudes, they come outside the house and they shoot Crazy K. So with them shooting Crazy K now, Crazy K's on the ground. He's still alive. They're like talking over him or whatnot before they're about to kill him. So before they about to kill Crazy K, all these cops pull up. So Somehow now very they, quietly they, and silently. Like, yeah. You know, no, no sirens or nothing like that. But, like, several cop cars pull up. They get out the car. They're pointing their guns. So now the three the three guys that shot Crazy K, now they're running. So now the police shoot them and kill all three of them. And so um, Lamont, or Le Crazy K, he's still alive. And he's just, like, saved by the motherfucking cops. So Can you he believe it? Huh? Can you believe it? Right. So he eventually ends up in jail. And so with him ending up in jail, this doctor comes to him and tells him that he can 
Uh, he's been in like solitary confinement for two years. He's got all these charges, killing all these people, and threatening yeah. all these people, even in prison, like which is why he's in solitary. Right, right. He has been a straight up menace to the world. So um, this doctor comes to him and tells him about this um, program that yeah, this behavioral modification program. Right. And if he agrees to be in it, it can eventually put him back out on the street. And so he go, he goes ahead and agrees to be a part of the program. So they take him to another facility. They put him next to this guy who is a complete nut job. He is like an extreme uh, racist. It, right. He's the poster child for every racist person that can strive to be like someone they would strive to be like <laughs> so um in this conversation that he has with this racist guy um the racist guy is just basically telling him it's going to be a race war and we're going to kill every black person that doesn't um that doesn't conform to and pledge their allegiance to us right and the ones that do pledge their allegiance to us, they will become slaves. So he was like, what, I mean, like, what side are you going to be on or whatever? So Crazy K gets mad, punches him in the face. So the dude laughs it off and was just like, you know, I like you or whatever. Um, but basically tells him in so many words, I mean, you're basically doing our job for us. You're out here killing black people, you know, so you're you're lightening you're lightening the load for us, so we won't have to kill that many because you're already doing it. So, uh, kind of had crazy K thinking, but you know, not enough to change his mindset. So they ended up taking him to their this room that they strap him. Right, they this. say it's going to be uh, sensory deprivation. Um, but it's a bunch of strobe lights, which is absolutely the opposite of sensory deprivation. Yeah. Um, and then also they have him, like, the costumes in this one are much more interesting than costumes in any of the other stories. Like, uh, there are women who are working in this lab or whatever, and they're wearing kind of like the dresses you see in the fifth element from the air stewardesses. Because mm -hmm. it's got it's this blue dress with this heart cut out here. And I was like, this is interesting. <laughs> These are yeah. some choices. And um, they have Crazy K dressed up in what looks like just like a, a black sock, basically. Yeah. Yeah. They had him strip they had him stripped down to a speedo. Yeah. You know. And I um, and I was like, are they are they trying to reference images of you know enslaved black men with this? I don't really I don't know, but you just you know, idea. um I, I can see where they would get that from because mm -hmm. it was kind of reminiscent. Yeah. Because um, you have all these chains and stuff like that going on as well. Right. Right. The, like, right. The imagery was, was pretty um, bold. Mm -hmm. you know? um, so they it probably was a kind of like a parallel to slavery and then, you know, being institutionalized. So it probably, they probably did draw that parallel on purpose. But, but um but yeah so they put him they put him on this um like a gurney-esque type of apparatus they strap him in um 
they put tubes down his throat. They put a gag on his mouth and uh, they just have him spinning around. Yeah, they have him spinning around a whole lot. They show him a whole bunch of imagery. They're talking to him while they're showing him the imagery. The imagery and is it, it goes. Yeah. Um, the imagery is of it's a whole bunch of historical pictures of black men being um hung. Mm-hmm. Being and, hung, murdered, uh, lynched, uh, you know, just all kinds of racial, racially motivated violence, hate crimes, stuff like that from history. Right. And then they also just juxtapose that with images of like uh modern gangbangers killing black people or whatever. They're basically trying to make the point that it's the same, it's the same, like this kind of violence is the same. Um, that doesn't right. work for me. That doesn't work. <laughs> That's yeah. not accurate. Right. But like um it also goes well, on for like over two minutes and they're yeah. playing strange fruit while it's going on. I'm like, Jesus, okay. Yeah. You know like very heavy handed. It was very, very heavy handed. Yeah. And then like if you put this up in the mind frame of nineteen ninety five, it goes with what was going on in real life. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. there was a yeah. big yeah. about black on black crime in the nineties. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um Which I would like to say black on black crime is not a thing. That is not exactly. a thing. it is not a thing at all. But that that term was huge back then. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So when you put yourself in the mind frame of when this movie came out, it makes sense. Yeah, it's totally. Oh, I totally get what like where that storyline came from and like how that got there. Um, yeah, and definitely, you know, I'm definitely looking from 2022. Like, nah, this is not. This don't really work. This don't. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Um, and so, um, yeah. So all this is going on, and then. After they show all of this, all this imagery or whatever, then you start seeing people that Crazy K has killed and they're having conversations with him. And Crazy K did not discriminate. Like he killed homies. He killed adversaries. He killed kids. He killed. He was just a serial killer. Yeah. Like, he, I mean, just it. And that's all. Yeah. Excuse me. Um. And yeah, because even with even with the little girl, because he was like, you know, trying to he was trying to justify the killings and trying to blame people for their murders. And then the little girl was just like, what about me? I was playing in my in my house, you know, and a stray bullet came through my house and hit me. He was just like, uh, bullets ain't got no name. I was like, God. And then he said wrong place, wrong time. I was like, what? I I always hated that phrase. I hate that phrase, to be honest with you. Yeah. But yeah. wrong place, wrong time. She was in her home playing. Right, right. How's that a wrong place, wrong time to be at home? You know, so playing. Right. <laughs> like a child. Right. <laughs> I just don't know. Right. I hate that phrase. I don't think a kid has a wrong place, wrong time. I don't think that I don't think that works in their lives, you know. No. But I could be wrong. Hey, what do I know? But um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, it justifies was- every single murder. Does he blames everybody for their for what for what he did to them? He's you know completely unrepentant. He's you know all this stuff, and he's like, well, what about what happened to me? I'm a product of my environment, whatever. 
And they're like, well, you know, at some point you do have to take personal responsibility for being a serial killer. <laughs> right. Like, eh, you know, you kind of brought it on yourself, you know. Um, you could have also chosen not to be a serial killer. Right. Right. So. So, yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, that that was a lot. That was a lot. And. They show him, like, they go back to the funeral home and they show him in the casket. Wait, do they go back to the funeral home then? No, they go back or... to the moment when he was no, shot they go back before to... he was killed. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. They, go back, they go back to the street. Yeah. They go back to the street and then the three guys that were over him. Now, we haven't seen their face this whole time. So now all of a sudden we see their face. After they shoot him dead, and the three guys that shot him dead are the three guys that are in the funeral home. Yeah, because he, we go back to that moment. He's uh, crazy. K is saying what? It's like to the doctor. He's saying, "I don't give a fuck. I don't give. You know, I don't care. Whatever, whatever." And so when we go back to him on laying on the street, that's what he's saying. So like this whole story is happening between like him being shot first and then him being killed. Yeah. Yeah, so we see so we see that the three guys shot him. So when they show him in the casket at the funeral home, they first they said that they knew one of them said they knew him, and then the other one was just like, No, there's just somebody we know from around the way. We don't know him. Right, right. We know of him. <laughs> right. And so then after we go through the whole story of whatever, it turns out they actually do know him. They actually are the ones that killed him. And so now they're really pissed off. Now they're they're mad at the mortician. They hit him with the gun and they like, we're tired of playing with you. Give us the shit so we can go. So he's like, yo, yes, I'll give you the shit. I'm giving you the shit now. So he walks, he walks into another room. They're in the basement now. He walks into another room and he was like, the shit is right here. They're in these caskets i had to put them somewhere so yeah because like, they follow lifted all by myself and uh, right and i was like because in the beginning i was like well who just leaves drugs unattended in the alley well if you have to um run from the police you do but you're Maybe. not getting <laughs> much drugs on you to where that you can't lift right person can't like you lift. just had it right because it, now it sounds like you just had a pallet of drugs in the alley Right, and you had a forklift. Right. right. <laughs> now, no, you're not gonna leave a pallet of drugs and a forklift unattended, but you're not gonna be on the street with a pallet of drugs and a forklift. So, yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. They go into the room with three caskets, and they're like, you know, happy that this is about to be over. We're about to get our shit so we can leave. They open up the caskets. They see that the cast, the people that there's people in the caskets. The people are them that are in the casket. So now they're completely freaked out. And this is when the mortician is like, this isn't a a funeral home. I'm not a mortician. Um, You're not, what did he say? You're not in- This isn't the terror dome either. Right. This isn't the terror dome. This is hell. And- now he didn't turn into the devil, and the um, three guys they start burning up. Yep. And 
That was Tales from the Hood. <laughs> and uh, they have like, they have these women as well, like kind of a little bit in the shot, just their arms really just kind of going like this. <laughs> right, right. And then um, I don't know if you paid attention to the way they was moving because they was just like, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah. Like, like they were burning up. Oh, oh, ah. So, yeah. Um. Yeah. So, what were your th- what were your initial thoughts while you were while you were watching? I really liked it. Um. Although uh, I was a little, he- it was definitely heavy handed. Um. You definitely have that respectability whole politics with the whole crazy case story thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did not need that two minute interlude of all these historical traumas. Like I don't need that. Uh, <laughs> But it was still very funny and still had a lot to say, mm-hmm. uh, which which I appreciated. I liked uh, the first story in particular where, because, you know, often these days when a Black person is killed by racial violence, there's always this expectation of us being super gracious and forgiving and, like, understanding whatever. And now that first story was like, nah, fuck that. Get revenge. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah, um, um, I like the realistic elements they had to some of the horror stories, right? Because mm-hmm. like the first one starts off as something that's definitely happened, um, mm-hmm. and then with, with the second one with Walter, you know, the monster is the new boyfriend, right? I like I like those uh, those uh, realistic elements to the stories, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. They were very realistic because you know. Unfortunately, stuff like that does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I didn't see it at the movies. I saw it um, in high school. I think I was 16 when I saw it. And I was a scaredy cat back then. So there was like certain things. Um, and instead of like me forwarding, like if I were to watch a horror movie, I wouldn't forward the scary parts. I'll just walk out the room. Cause when oh, really? you forward, yeah, cause when you forward, you, you still, fast forward, you still see it. Right. So I just walk out the room. So there was like about like probably about three situations in the movie when I first saw it that I had to walk out the room. <laughs> so yeah. Um but you know, going back to watch it, I think I've probably seen it about like three, four times since I've been an adult. Mm-hmm. And um, it did age well, especially like watching it recently. Like it did, it did age well. But um, it was just, it was just dope on how good it was written. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it just sucks that, you know, the second one, it is horrible. Oh God! Really? Oh, God, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> and and that's the part that sucks because the first one is that good. You know what I'm saying? Like this one is really that good. That when they said that the second one was gonna come out, like everybody was hyped for for it to not be good at all. Um, but. But you know, like it, it, 
Like they had good, solid stories, you know. Um, it wasn't too heavy handed except for the fourth story, you know. Um, but they had like agendas. They had they had to they had agendas that they had to push for. Yeah, they had things they wanted to say. Right. right. Everything everything had like a double meaning to it and whatnot. So um I can appreciate that, you know. Um it was like it, it had something to stay. I was surprised like the third one came out in 2020. Yeah. I'm surprised they even did a third one, how bad the second one turned out. So oh, no. Oh, no. Is that bad? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. that bad. Yeah, it, I'm like like I was saying before we started filming, like it was so bad that I couldn't finish it. And I even if it's a bad movie, I usually finish it. But that have you seen the third one? No, I haven't finished the second one, so I can't see the third well, one. I mean... <laughs> but yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see it. Um. Yeah. Uh, God. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, but no, but I, I mean, when I, when I was a teenager, I thoroughly enjoyed it and yeah. And I still thoroughly enjoy it. Like it aged well. Yeah. A lot of it, a lot of it did age well, uh, particularly the comedy elements aged pretty well. Hmm. Um, uh, it, it did, it did age pretty well, except for that whole crazy case story. Honestly, I would just skip that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily skip it because it it ties in the three guys. Yeah, that's the only thing, you know. But honestly, you could like watch the first scene and then skip to the like the the, the very last story with the three guys and be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, but but like I was saying before, like given the time period that well, yeah, came out. It, I mean. Yeah. It, it goes with what was going on, so yeah. But as far as aging, well, that story yeah. not so much, right? Right. <coughs> so, um, but yeah. So, uh, I honestly, uh, with a little tweaks here and there, I can see this movie being remade. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like you could just keep doing anthology stories mm -hmm. and just have it be tells you know tells from the hood or whatever i don't necessarily think that's the thing because the second one was i mean they they're doing anthologies on the second one now like i said right. third one but on the, the second one is anthology as well and it was trash it's just i don't i don't know what they could do you just have to have like, better stories that's all yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and now there are a lot more people that we're aware of who are black in horror and who study horror and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um so I think you could actually do really well with more horror anthology stories, uh, tell different kinds of stories from a black perspective. Um, you know, you've got Jordan Peele out here, Tanana Reeve is also really a uh, famous professor and author of horror stories. Chesha Burke does really great horror stories as well. Um and other stories too that focus on black women. Like we could, you could really make this a really great thing. I think, um, even if it was just a TV show instead of maybe a movie, and you have, you know, just your 
your anthological television series, like Cabinet of Curiosities that came out on Netflix, uh, Guillermo del Toro, different horror stories. You could totally do something like that with Tales from the Hood. Yeah, yeah. Or, um, you know, do it like how they did um, Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it would be it would be pretty cool if somebody could take it and do great things with it because yeah. what they're doing now with it is some BS. <laughs> yeah, because I would love to see like um, I don't know. I would love to see uh, what is it? Blind spotting. You ever see Blind Spotting? The movie Blind Spotting. Um, the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen the movie. The movie is great. Um. Yeah, I would love to see I, what those the two leads could do with like a horror movie in this kind of anthology anthology style. I can't say right, <laughs> an anthology style like horror kind of thing. I would love to see them be able to take a crack at that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I just, I'm just so disappointed with the way that the second one turned out. Yeah, brokenhearted. I'm just like. Yeah, yeah, because you know, this movie came out in '95, and we waited all the way until 2018 for it to, for it. Yeah, to I was surprised. Yeah, yeah, for it to have turned out as bad as it was. Yeah, and then I see that um, the director had gave credit to Get Out for the reason why they got the second Tales from the Hood. That but makes sense. As, mm-hmm. I mean. It, it does and it doesn't because Tales from the Hood was successful in its own right. Was uh, it? Probably not, probably not like money-wise, but it was like a cult classic. Like every person that I know that have watched it never said a bad thing about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So with it having such a cult following, I don't see why it wouldn't have been greenlit prior to get out. Because a cult following doesn't transfer to dollars most of the time. Yeah. And then also, it, um, you know, Get Out and, and Tales from the Hood occupy a very specific space of black horror and comedy, right? Mm-hmm. Very well mixed together. And so between Tales from the Hood and Get Out, we didn't really have a lot of that happening. No. And no, studios no. are scared by, like, you know, like right. take a chance on something new. What? Right. Prove it first, you know. And so Get Out did that, you know, and it did it really, really well. So I'm not surprised after that they were able to revisit this and say, okay, well, we'll greenlight a second one. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but it's just like, I wish they would have, I wish they would have, like, Considered it maybe in two thousand. Yeah, they should for them, you know, them being so far apart. Is yeah, yeah, because like two thousand is when Scary Movie came out. The so, Scary Movie is a parody, right? I know, but it was still low key kind of scary. <laughs> you are very scary. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it had its elements, you know, and then I mean they saw. I mean, yes, it yes, scary movie is a comedy, but they took on they took on that genre 
you know, and it was like ridiculously successful. So why not, you know, try to revisit? I mean, they're not something. telling the same stories in scary movie that they're telling in, no. in Tales from the Hood, you know. No, no. Tales from not. the Hood is vastly more political, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they probably would have had to scale back on the on the political stuff. Yeah, and but. I can imagine them not wanting to do that. Right, that's true too. And Get Out itself had a lot of political messages in it as well. So again, I can see right. them saying, okay, well, let's go back and revisit this and make a sequel. It's just really that it's so much time between the first and the second. They really should have taken more time. Uh, I hope somebody would have taken, you know, more advantage in the, in the meantime. I feel like it probably would have had a bit better quality if it hadn't been so far apart. Yeah, right, right. That's, that's why I'm saying like maybe 2000. Um, but also, it feels like um, they may maybe when they first started thinking about a sequel is when they wrote the script, and maybe they just didn't revise it good enough. That's possible, but yeah. I would love to see something similar to Tales from the Hood happen. Um, I think particularly with streaming, I would really love to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I can definitely see that. Um, you know, especially because like these, they're starting to do pretty good with these, um, with these series, these horror series. You know, because we got mm-hmm. Chuck, they got the interview with the vampire now. You know oh, I mean? so good. Yeah, so that's what I'm hearing. So, yeah. So I feel like I feel like there will be space for. Something like that, you know. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah. So, with our rating system, we have um, one movie real trash AF, two it exists, three entertaining, four great, five a true classic. So, what say you, Maria? I would give it a four. I would give it a four. Four. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, like they have some really good stories, but that crazy K one really just ah oh, so close. Like it could have been a five, I think, except for that story for me. Um, then also like you know there is that big lurch between the release of the first one and the release of the second and third one. Um, just like it doesn't for whatever reason. It doesn't seem to have like the cultural cachet that a lot of cult movies have. Mm-hmm. I would definitely go with like we can kind of bring back some attention to this, you know, kind of. Um, but yeah, I would give it a four. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Lindsay? I would give it a four as well. I would give it a four as well. Um, I think they did very good um, with the horror. I think they did very good with the story. Um, mm-hmm. And then again, like that, the whole crazy case story, you put it, if you put it in the mind frame of 1995, it makes sense. Um, yeah. Now, not so much. Um, I do like the fact that it did, did outside, outside of that part, it did age very well. Um, they really spent some time and money and effort into um, the effects that they did use. You I agree. Know, so, yeah, because they use a lot of like stop motion animation, in particular for the one with the KKK up upcomings with the dolls. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so yeah. you get a lot of stop motion animation, which still looks pretty good. Um, mm -hmm. There are some points where it's a little wonky, but it's like, eh, it's 1994. Right, right. And I mean, there's some <laughs> points where you like, okay, that was definitely a green screen. But, uh, but it looks way better than you would think. Exactly. 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 So um, outside of those, and, and you know, those aren't even that annoying, to be honest. No. I mean, okay. Even on those little parts here and there, it's, it's little parts here and there. It's not like oh my god this is ridiculous it's so bad right, right. like the worst effect to me in the whole movie is like at the very end where you know uh he he has a tongue he has like a like snake's tongue oh yeah, yeah. that was a cartoon all day yeah 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 <laughs> in between his face that is yeah but it was fine because so much of the movie is funny yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it was just another thing that made me laugh Right, 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 right. Because I, re I remember when the movie had first came out, like the way that they were promoting it, you were you were to think it was going to be a comedy horror. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And then when I when I had like friends and stuff that went and saw it, they were like, it's scary. It's <laughs> too much legit scary. <laughs> like that's what I kept hearing from everybody that went and saw it was that it's legit scary. So I was I knew going in that this ain't funny like how they was trying to portray it to me, mm -hmm. and so yeah, so I already was ready to walk out the room, and <laughs> that I did. So, <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, and then on top of that, for nostalgic reasons, you know, because it was like a big deal when it came out um, amongst amongst me and my black friends at the white school. Mm -hmm. you know? Oh Lord. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I'm sure they had no idea. Like, yeah, they didn't know what the hell we was talking about. Um, their extent was tales from the crib. They don't know nothing about no tales from the hood. Yeah, I remember. I remember like that move, like tales from the hood being out and everything. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, I was ten going on eleven. Like, a, so it's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I, I'm fine watching. Um, what was it? The the minute? Are you afraid of the dark? Like, I'm good. So. Yeah, I used to get afraid. To be afraid after that too. Um, <laughs> uh, when I, which, you know, don't blame my mom for this. Um, but when I was in second grade, my sister's a friend. Mm -hmm. My sister was younger. I was. She was in kindergarten, so she had a friend that was in kindergarten with her, and um, her mom. Her friend's mom took me and my sister and her daughter to the movies, and we saw Child Play mm -hmm. too. I looked at the screen twice. She did she movie. think it was for kids? I I don't know. I don't because know. It's called Child's Play. There's adults involved, you know. I right, can imagine but there was a know. whole other Child's Play. This is the sequel. There was a whole another child's play that was a ridiculous. Maybe she didn't hit. see the first one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> in that conversation. I just know we was going to the movies and we was going to see child's play too. Okay. When you're in second grade, you don't really have too much of a say so. So I'm like, second okay. Grade, right. She had to <laughs> so. have thought this had to be like a kid's movie because she just saw the title and the doll and was like, oh, it must be for kids.
Yeah. I don't even think it was that much of a um, thought or research. You know? Yeah. No, that it happens. That happens. Huh? That, that, I've seen that happen before with other films. That if you just are like not really paying that close of attention to what they're about, you would think they're for kids, but they're for adults. Really so, not right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, like we went and I looked at the screen twice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame you. I'm surprised yeah. you didn't take her out of there though. Like <laughs> I mean, I was just where you, was I going? I mean, no, I was surprised she didn't take you out. Like once you realize, oh, my this mama is not for children. Let's leave, right? No, no, my mama didn't take us. Like we went with my sister's friend and her mama. Yeah, that and yeah. a couple other people we was with. You know, like it was, oh, it was a, it was so quite it was a, a few. Of it. Yeah, it was oh, quite okay. a few of it. Yeah, I looked at the screen twice. So I'll have to. Wait. Yeah, and so like not too long ago, I was on Twitter, and I think Peacock. They had mm-hmm. tweeted, what was a movie that you were too young to be watching? Mm-hmm. Like, what? No, they said, what horror movie you were too young to be watching? And then they went up under it and was like, I'll go first, Child's Play 2. And I was like, Child's yeah. Play 2, that's me all day. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. You said what? Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was at my uh, a friend of my mom's house, and I was like four, mm-hmm. and somebody had just left. It was on TV, and somebody had just left the TV on. Mm. Mm. Nope. And yeah, they were, like, they were in the kitchen. I was in the living room. Right. Just watching. Just watching. <laughs> oh no! Did nobody catch on or nothing? Huh? They were in the, well because I wasn't like I was screaming or anything. You know. Yeah. Uh, I was just. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. But have you seen? But as for our next film, it's uh, it's my turn. Just have you seen My Girl? I have. Office Space. I have. <gasps> what? Yeah, I have seen them. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see. Oh, Pretty Woman. I know you've seen that one. Oh yeah. A few yeah. times. Yeah. Let's see. These are all pretty well known that I'm looking at here. Clueless. I have that. <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. Uh, I've seen that in pieces. Okay. I didn't, yeah, I, that whole, the whole part where the old man, when he finally got out, that broke uh-huh. my heart. Yeah. yeah. That broke my heart. Okay. The Big Lebowski. Yep, seen that. Okay, Fight Club. No. All right. Well, we can do Fight Club. Yeah. Okay. What's that on? Let's see. (laughs) 
Uh, it looks like it is on Amazon Prime, but let me double check on this for you. So, yeah, it's free on Amazon Prime. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah, so five. Yes. All right, good. Unless you want to watch another scary movie. Nope. Because I have a good list. I mean, good no. scares. Not bad no. ones. So they're totally no. good. <laughs> you gotta give me, give me a break. Yeah, give me a break. Give me, you chose this one. I know. So I need a break. Oh my goodness, you need a break for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah. Um. But yeah. So. Yeah, so Fight Club, and it's like Amazon. Have you seen Edward Scissorhands? Absolutely, love that movie. It might be a scary movie for you. You know what? When I saw it as a kid, I was a little scared of the hands, but he was so nice. He's I mean, he was so nice. He was so freaking nice. So Ed, yeah. we're, but Edward was nice. That's what, that's what we're talking about. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. No, I I freaking love Edward Caesar scissor hands. I don't know nobody that don't like it. I can't say that I've ever heard that either. Yeah. All right. So fight club it is. Okay. Cool. Cool. So yeah. So, where so can follow we... us on Facebook, on YouTube, right? Um, yes. Your podcast apps, also on Twitter. That's where Lindsay is going to live tweet her very first viewing of Fight Club. Yes. Yes. But so uh, where be... else on the internet can we find you, Lindsay? Um, you can find me everywhere at L underscore Renelle. That's L underscore R-A-N-E-L-L-E. And also on my other podcast called The Ish We Talk. And we talk about various things weekly. Um, we had an off week this week because, you know, people do things for Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, yeah. Where can we find you? You can find me online on, like, almost any platform. Also, Discord, <laughs> like... TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all that at Valar More Dollars. That's V A L A R M O R Dollars. Um, also on a podcast called Nerdgasm Noir with some other Black women where we talk nerdy and geeky things. So you can come by and watch us there. And you can sometimes catch me on Sean Tanktop's YouTube channel doing reviews for various things. We just did a couple for House of the Dragon that just wrapped up. So that's where you okay. can find me. Yeah, cool, cool. And she's at um Paraweight, right? Sharonda? Yeah. Yeah, Sharonda's at Paraweight. Oh, I thought that's what you said with Sharonda. Okay. Oh no, Sean Tank Top. So I've done some lives with Sharonda as well, but oh. that was that was a few months ago. So oh, okay, okay. Sorry. So you said her name is Sean Tank Tops? No, his name is Sean. Oh. 
And he's called Sean Tank Top because he wears tank tops. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying Shantae. No, sorry. <laughs> okay. My bad. So, so is that S-H-A-W-N? S-E-A-N. S-E-A-N. Okay, so Sean Tank Tops. Gotcha. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Gotcha. All right. All right. So, yeah. So, that was episode 19 of Romy's Review of the Movies. And we will see you guys next time for Fight Club on episode 20. Bye. I can't wait for you to see it.